1: Spain staying mainly in the plane this is good job brain your weekly quiz show and offbeat trivia podcast today's show is episode 248 and of course i am your humble host karen and we are your assembly men assembly people assertively assisting in classifying assets associated with embarrassing gassy assonance
2: i'm colin
0: and i'm chris Well, it's about that time again. A little segment that we like to call... Um, actually, what you said just wasn't true. Um, actually, do you mind if I correct you? Because actually,
2: factually, and quite enthusiastically, I was right, and you were wrong. That's exactly what inspired me to write this um, um-actually song. You were wrong.
1: Corrections, omissions, updates uh, Ah. on things that we might have gotten wrong in the past.
2: And this would have been from previous season at least, right? Yes, yes.
1: (laughs) In episode 243, not even that long ago, uh, I had a quiz about relaxing things things you do to wind down before bed. And we talked about Ovaltine and how mm. a long time ago, Ovaltine was being marketed as a sleep aid, like drink right. Ovaltine and it'll help you relax and go to bed and, and sleep well. And so I dug up a, a vintage ad of Ovaltine and had a funny, like, Hey, look at all the benefits of Ovaltine and comparing the nutritional value. And, and it's so ridiculous. It's like, oh, two glasses of Ovaltine has more vitamin D than 10 ounces of butter, mm. which is two and a half sticks of butter.
2: Yeah, Wasn't the the comparison for vitamin C like more than like two sirloin steaks or
1: something like that, right? Yeah, yeah so uh, 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 on the show, I, I said it was uh, um, more vitamin C than quarter pound of sirloin steak, <laughs> two glasses of Ovaltine. However, this is my bad because on the ad – It actually says vitamin G.
0: Oh. And
1: in the script font, Uh it looks Uh like vitamin C. Also, like these Uh ads are like scanned, right? Yeah. Two glasses of Ovaltine has more vitamin G than sirloin steak. What is vitamin G? And
0: and am I getting enough of it? Yes. Like now that I found out it exists.
1: We got A, we got a bunch of Bs, we got vitamin C for sure, a vitamin D. What is vitamin G? Vitamin G is riboflavin. Oh, okay. Oh. It's just an, an old name for riboflavin. Oh, really? Interesting. Which is now B2. Oh. oh. Cuz right, we pretty much stop at E
2: these days, right? I don't there's no vitamin F you don't really hear about too much. Right? Okay, so I'm oh. glad you asked cuz I uh, actually I, uh, I...
1: I I looked this up. We have a vitamin G in the Mm. old days. Mm. What about F? What happened to F? When they were assigning vitamin names or vitamin letter names, F technically, as it turns out, is not a a real vitamin. Whatever substance it is didn't really fit the now technical description of a Uh, vitamin. So mm. now they axed it.
0: So the important thing is if you're looking to get more riboflavin, don't eat a steak. Drink Ovaltine. Two that's glasses. Two glasses of Ovaltine. is more vitamin G than one quarter. I'd rather eat one quarter pound of steak. I steak? Like.
1: I'd rather eat all of these comparison things. Oh, maybe not the butter. <laughs> Ten ounces of butter is a lot. Yeah, that's It's yeah, like sticks. That's, that's over right. the course of a day. You know, it's like, it's a, a, a bite here,
2: <laughs> a bite there. You're not eating yeah. the whole stick of butter all at once. Yeah. Come on.
1: Without further ado, let's jump into our first general trivia segment, pop quiz hot shot guys i got a mongolian barbecue buffet of trivia pursuit cards here
0: oh yeah so
1: we usually i will pick a random trivial pursuit card from a uh, many different uh, variety of editions and then you guys have your barnyard buzzers and you buzz in the answer pick let's your go, poison
2: let's go recent Ooh. Alright, alright, I'm fine with that. I feel like, I feel like oftentimes we're like, half of the segment is correcting what the question <laughs> should be, you know? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Here we go, blue wedge for geography. In which country is the ancient temple complex of Angkor Wat located? Uh, 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 oh. Colin. Uh, Angkor Wat is in uh, Cambodia? Correct, it oh, yeah. is Cambodia. Pink wedge for pop culture. Which composer was the first person to score an EGOT by winning all four American entertainment awards—Emmy, wow. Grammy, Oscar, and Tony.
2: and Tony? We should really know this—the first
0: person to ever do it. Okay, ready? Uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber.
1: Incorrect. Oh, okay. Earlier.
0: A little Good earlier guess. than Andrew Lloyd Webber. Um The Golden
1: Age of Classic Movie sure. Musicals. Sure. Yeah,
0: okay, okay. Classic golden age of movie musicals. Richard Rogers? It is yeah, Richard Rogers. Guess. Oh, Good yeah. guess. Oh, okay. Okay. Rogers
1: was the first egot. Yes.
2: Okay.
0: Ro- cool.
1: uh, of the writing duo Rogers and Hammerstein. Hammerstein. Yeah. Sound of music king and i Mm. all of the classics (laughs) and also quick congrats uh today is what uh we're in february 2023 congrats to viola davis yes new e got dropped and it's viola (laughs) davis uh, from her grammy win for her autobiography all right yellow edge Which computer pioneer was fired from his job before returning to launch one of the first (laughs) digital music players? (laughs) Everybody! Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs. (laughs) Purple Wedge, under what pen name does Harry Potter author J.K. Rowling write a series of detective novels? Oh, God. What's the... uh...
0: Oh, my God. It's... uh... Oh, um... Okay, I got it. Robert Galbraith.
1: Yes, yes. (laughs) Wow, wow. Good job, brain. Here we go. Green Wedge. What is the name of the digital currency established in 2009 with (laughs) no central authority or middlemen? Wow, Colin. I, I is is it uh bot coin? Is that <laughs> it is,
2: is it?
0: Doge? It's Dogecoin. Yeah the yeah. Dogecoin. Yeah. <laughs> I love
2: Dogecoin. I believe they're looking for Bitcoin. Bitcoin. Yeah. Yes.
1: Which sister of an NBA Hall of Famer was a four-time All American basketball player at USC and a member of the US Olympic team in 1984?
2: Huh. Colin. That is uh, Cheryl Miller.
1: Yes. Who is her sibling?
2: Uh, someone you may have heard her name, Reggie Miller.
1: Reggie Miller. Yeah.
2: yeah. Uh, that, that that was a strong basketball family, and I mean he he has often credited having to play against her as one of the reasons that he uh, became as tough as he <laughs> tried to be on the
1: court. Oh, both of them. Yeah. That, I yeah. mean that's the thing, right? With like uh siblings in the family that they can mm-hmm. they have someone to play the sport with, and that gives you quite an advantage. All right. Do you guys want to do another card? Sure. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Boomer or pop culture.
0: Uh boomer. <laughs> boomer.
1: <laughs> uh Blue Wedge for TV, what talk show did John Lennon and Yoko Ono co-host for 5 days in 1972? Oh my gosh. Oh, oh, oh Chris.
0: I mean, I've got to say The Tonight Show.
1: Incorrect. No. Colin? For the I, I'm
0: getting
2: I'm getting a strong ooh Dick Cavett vibe. That's oh. going to be my guess.
1: It is the Mike Douglas show. Oh, okay, Mike. yeah, the Mike Douglas, Douglas show. Yeah,
2: yeah, that was big in this. That was big in the seventies. Huh. Yeah.
1: Uh, pink wedge. What color was the key Mark Hall wore around his neck in the Andromeda strain?
2: Oh my gosh! I mean, oh just, man, this it is, has been i I'm glad we're doing this to bring
0: us down time. after that. Uh, you know, the victory on the first card. Mm-hmm. That's the book, mm-hmm. right?
1: The Michael Crichton book.
2: Yeah. 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 Okay. yeah. Yeah, that's what...
1: Wow, this is a deep <laughs> cut. All right, Chris. Golden. It is red.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. It's
1: red. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, good. Yellow Wedge. What assassin yeah. used a pump action scope site? Remington Game Master 30.06. I'm sorry if I'm not oh saying the format. it's right. so
2: weird. What? A... That is super okay. weird. Okay, yeah, Colin. Okay. Uh, uh, James Earl Ray.
1: Yes, James Earl Ray. Um what a strange question. What yeah, a bizarre
0: question. What yeah. a downer.
1: Uh a brown wedge for a publication what high fashion magazine credited Ingrid Bergman with having a nose that was quote rather generous.
0: Yeah. Wow, it was a
1: different time. Uh it's Chris.
0: Different. Yeah, this is this, this card was written in holy holy cow. Uh how about uh how about um how about Vogue? Yes,
1: it is Vogue. All right. <laughs> 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 cringe all right yeah. uh, uh green wedge i don't even know if i should continue okay uh what <laughs> what dance according to the new york safety council was the largest cause of back problems in
2: 1961 what on earth oh my gosh <laughs> the dance new york safety council
1: yes back and problems and that's like title case caps new okay, york safety council uh colin was it the twist? It was the twist. Oh, tweenest. okay.
0: All right. Okay. Wow.
1: RPM for records. What group's album, Green River, topped the scene in 1969? Colin.
2: I believe that was uh CCR Credence. CC Clearwater freaking Revival. R. All right. Yeah.
1: Credence <laughs> Clearwater Revivals.
2: That, oh, we survived
1: wow. that card.
0: That was it. That was certainly a segment.
1: <laughs> a lot of landmines uh mm. jk rowling uh,
0: the assassination of mlk <laughs> yeah.
1: body Jeez. shaming we made it through that one yep. as we're kind of cringing through some of those uh questions uh you know actually fits nicely it wasn't by design it was just a, a coincidence that uh this week our topic our theme Is about things that are embarrassing. Mm. Uh, So I'm curious to see uh, what kind of trivia we're going to share this episode. So this week, stop it. You're embarrassing me. All right. So I want to share this random trivia fact, but it actually kind of fits well uh, for this episode. Have you guys seen the movie Step Brothers? Starring yeah. Will Ferrell and,
2: uh, oh, and uh, uh, John yeah. uh, John C. Riley, John C. Riley. Yeah,
1: I, I think I did. I think I
2: gotta admit, <laughs> I think I saw it like on an airplane or something. Though, to be honest,
1: there's one embarrassing scene where you know they're kind of like loser dudes, and they get <laughs> bullied by children at the playground. Yes, right, right. They make Will Ferrell lick this uh dried white piece of dog poop like (laughs) in the park set to like classical music (laughs) and this led to something from our good job brain lobe trotters fan group on facebook someone today anna just shared a link it was why don't we see white dried dog poop anymore? <laughs> I I saw you know, that article too. That right? is an yeah.
0: interesting question.
2: When we were kids. When we were when kids. when we were kids, yeah.
1: that's what yeah. dog poop looked
2: like. Yes. A little shriveled up. It looked like a giant like cigarette ash, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's sure. like
0: brittle. And so they phased that out.
1: So yeah, what happened? What happened to the dried white dog poop? It is because. 70s, 80s, 90s, in dog food, yeah, they had really, really high calcium content. A lot of bone meal, really? a lot of calcium. And they started phasing that out. That was no longer a, a big nutritional requirement to be in commercial dog food. and And that just tells you when the poop is white, it's the dog trying to get rid of all the, <laughs> all all the extra excess. calcium wow. yeah, that they're eating for no reason. They obviously don't need that much calcium in their diet. <laughs> yeah And this is what makes the poop white, brittle. It's I wonder if like the dogs are like, do you do you guys notice
2: like, that our, our <laughs> not it's like I swear, I swear a few years ago it used to be, yeah. They're looking at old photos in the dog okay. yearbook, and they're like,
1: wait, look at, you look at this, look at this. What's yeah. their poop pictures in the dog yearbook?
2: <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I don't know whose dog photos. Yeah, what's well, it's a dog. It's a dog album. It's the dog's album, It's, Karen. The, it's yeah. the
0: extracurriculars, you know, section. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's the um, clubs. Yeah, it's one of their hobbies. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, thank you, Anna, for this amazing fact. No one asked for it, but we all appreciate it. Well, I don't know where to take it from dog poop, but uh, I will see if we mm-hmm. can find a way forward
2: here. I, uh, here we go. I, I have a grab bag quiz I have assembled for you uh, both uh, in sort of classic Colin Good Job, style here. So with the all around the theme of embarrassment, cringe, shame, things that uh, maybe we wish had not happened. I got a little bit here for you from world of politics, little bit celebrity, little bit of some sports here. Uh, and in Ooh. fact, why don't we uh, why don't we start with the sports? Because uh, as we record this episode, it is in fact the eve of the Super Bowl uh, tomorrow. Let's do this as a write down quiz. All right. Um, so here we go. Well, like I said, we'll start with the uh, sports questions. Sports embarrassment, I think, Ooh. is a, is a special kind of embarrassment in sports. They, they come right. in a lot of different flavors. You're you're playing a game. Losing a game is 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 bad enough, but you're you're losing a game. It's often on live TV. It's it's also (laughs) your job. It's like you're you're you have objectively failed at your job that day in front of thousands of people who organized their whole day around coming to see you play this game. Uh, A lot of pressure. There's a lot of pressure. Um, Let's start with some team-based embarrassment, maybe. All right. Beginning in 1991, this East Coast team appeared in the Super Bowl four consecutive years and lost four consecutive times. What team is this? I have faith in you guys. I know it's in the punch bowl. Right. All right. Answers up. Answers up. Karen says Buffalo Bills. Chris says Buffalo Bills. Good job. You guys both got it. Oh, on yes. the it, it is. Yes, we did it. The Buffalo Bills. I just, I, I'm I just so remember.
0: I remember just being in middle school, and the joke being that Bills stands for "Boy, I love losing Super Bowls." Oh, that's good! Wow,
1: <laughs> oh, that's, a good, that's a
2: slum dog moment. Yeah, <laughs> we'll move to uh, individual embarrassment. Let's say in the NBA, that's basketball. Who holds the? Ignominious record for most free throws missed in a game. Oh my god! Without making a single one. Uh-huh. So who's got the biggest o basically in a game? Mm-hmm. oh for how Never. Many? Yeah. Ne- uh, I mean, this the, the whole game did not make a single free throw. Okay. Who, okay. Who's, who's got in the one record? game?
1: Mm-hmm, okay,
2: that's right. You don't need to give me the number. Who's the person? Who is the person who holds this record? This record has stood for a while. It's it's a okay, household okay. name. This person is okay. a household name.
1: For a while.
2: Yeah. A little over 20 years. This, this record, I'll, I'll give you guys the era. I'll help you out. This record was set in 2000. Oh my God. All right. I'm going to need a name here when you're ready, Karen. All right. Took a bunch of free throws. Missed every single one. All right. Answers up. Answers up. Chris (laughs) says, Basketball Jones... Uh, a legendary figure, to be sure, not the right answer. Karen says Kevin Garnett. Now you definitely, you definitely got your eras right there. Uh, In neither of you, unfortunately, got this one. I, I thought oh, this dang. might be a little easier. This the, at one point, this player was almost synonymous with poor free throw shooting. It is Shaquille O'Neal. Shaquille oh, O'Neal. really? Oh, wow. oh, okay. He had his ups and downs, but on the whole, a, a pretty remarkably bad free throw shooter. Um, huh. He went 0 for eleven from the free throw line uh, as. I say in a game in 2000. This was against your I mean at the time <laughs> hometown now the Seattle Sonics, Karen. Uh it wasn't your hometown then and they don't exist in Seattle anymore. But yeah, <laughs> so there have been people who have missed more free throws in a game outright, but they at I least see. made one. So yeah, over 11 um uh, has stood for quite a while. All right, let's move into politics here. Uh, all, right. all right. Now again, this one this is one that might be in the punch bowl here, okay? Trivia sometimes is a game of uh, retrieval as much as it is a game of knowledge. In 2009, then U.S. Secretary of State Hillary Clinton presented the Russian foreign minister with a big red novelty button labeled in English, Reset. Uh This was to symbolize the reset in relations between the U.S. and Russia. It was also supposed to say Reset in Russian on there, but it was mistranslated quite prominently as what word instead? Oh, jeez. Oh, my gosh. What did it say instead? You guys remember uh,
0: yes, remember the reset button, I remember that was that was not translated correctly. Oh, and... interesting.
1: Okay, this is a guess. <laughs> yeah. I'm I just trying yeah, to see like what other like if reset the meaning of it. Yeah, was, yeah, I, yeah. I looked I looked into it. I looked into exactly kind of how
2: and why they they got it they got it wrong. Oh, okay. All right. Uh Karen's answer is up. This was one it was they made a big deal out of it at the time. <laughs> Chris says, "Oops." Karen says, "Continue." Karen, that's actually that, that that's I like your I like your reasoning, Karen. Yeah, it's not. It was it, the word was in fact overload. Uh was what the <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Over overload or, or overcharge, you know, like in terms of like charging, perhaps a little uh, yeah. metaphorically. Yeah. As always, I apologize for the pronunciation. So in, in Russian, uh, the word was peregruska that they put on there. OK, thinking that that meant reset. That was the word for overload. The word they were looking for was Very close, very close, which meant like reboot or like a re-download or yeah, kind of reset, like a hard reboot. (sighs) Yeah. And Hillary just had to kind of just sort of smile there and sort of, shucks her way through it. All right. This one, even more embarrassing, even more embarrassing. Here we go. All right. On a visit to Poland, this democratic president was comically mistranslated by his own translator, Including saying he, quote, desired the Polish people carnally and was, <laughs> quote, happy to grasp at their private parts.
0: Mm. When do we get an error for this?
2: Well, if I gave you the era, that might. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. De- sure, yeah. sure. Democratic. Uh, Democratic president. Right. Democratic president. On oh, no, a visit to oh, Poland. Oh, president.
1: Okay. okay. Democratic this
2: president. Just... Visit to Poland. All right. Okay. Uh, the, the interpreter also, also said, you know, uh, I, apparently Carter uh, started his speech. He said, you know, I left the United States this morning. Uh, it was translated as I abandoned the United States. Uh, Chris has it as Jimmy Carter. Karen has it as Jimmy Carter. Correct. Point to each of you. All right. All right. Let's get a little uh, celebrity embarrassment here. And I have to say is I wanted to find something that was embarrassing, but not like life ruining scandal embarrassing. Yeah, it's, okay. It's hard. It's hard. It's, Just yeah, line, Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It is. Okay. In in 2015, a paparazzi photo of actor Ben Affleck uh, made the rounds on the internet, revealing that he had a giant, cringeworthy, hitherto unknown tattoo on his back of huh. what? Oh my gosh!
1: Huh? This is a good one. This is a good one. Huh? A giant tattoo. What? <laughs>
2: Like a Boston thing, maybe it was some 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 kind of animal. Oh, really? Wow. Okay. It was. I think the thing that a lot of people kind of were taken back is like, "Wow, that's 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 a full back tattoo, practically." Yeah, yeah. Uh, And he got he got a lot of grief uh, for this one at the time. All right, answers up. Answers up. Wow, Uh, you both said tiger. No, it was in fact a very large phoenix on his back. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Just. It was, it's just Incredible. super cringe. And just like, at, at both Karen first. Karen and I are both,
0: yeah. uh, Karen and I are both thinking that he's like in the Yakuza. Yeah. Yeah yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. 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 At first, I guess he, uh, he claimed it was for the movie that he was working on at the time. He's like, oh, it's like, it's like a temporary tattoo. It's for the role I'm doing in the movie. Right. But you know, like people, I guess you know, he pretty quickly figured out like, oh, it wasn't shown in the movie. And then like. Other photos of him surfaced with this big back tattoo. Like, yeah, he uh, eventually, yeah, did have to sort of fess up and say, Yes, it is a real tattoo. I didn't know that you all were going to see it, but it has meaning to me. It's big,
1: majestic. It's majestic. Yeah, really.
0: Okay, I wasn't uh, going to look, but now I'm going to look.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody else. Oh, my God! <laughs> they call, it's sad. They call it his midlife crisis tattoo. Oh, my god. It gosh. was during, you know, a rough patch in his life.
0: It's so colorful. <laughs> it is. It's too, too colorful. It is blinding. Yeah. <laughs> in
2: 1989, this musician... Known mainly as a drummer, sued to block the sale of his own album, oh, uh, oh. claiming it was recorded while he was heavily drinking, and it would be a, quote, professional embarrassment if it were released. <sighs> this person had made other albums before, made other albums since, but very specifically did not want this album released. Oh.
0: Known mainly as a drummer, yeah. okay. mainly as a drummer. Yeah. Okay,
2: uh-huh. um, had had a career as a solo artist, also uh, okay, a, a okay. member of a band. Yeah, uh, this 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 person reported that. Uh, He was drinking as many as 16 bottles of wine a day during this period. He had sobered sobered up, did not want the album released. Uh, Karen says Phil Collins. Excellent guess. Excellent guess. Chris, however, has the right answer, which is Ringo Starr. I I could tell once I
0: thought of it. I was like, what drummer do I know? And then it has its own album. And then you were like, he had a solo career. He was also with a band. And I was like, oh, okay. All <laughs> Trying right, to dangle
2: it. Right. No, but Karen, yeah. excellent. Like, Phil Collins checks all those boxes, too. Yeah, yeah. And then right
0: around that era. I know him era. primarily as a drummer, though. Well, that's really? true, I
1: guess. Yeah, you're right. I, I mean, he definitely made a, a name
2: drummer. more yeah. as a singer. I kind
1: of, you know, I think I mentioned this on the show. Like, I tried really hard to make a, a drummer and vocalist quiz. Oh, it's tough. And, like, I, like, thought of three people. <laughs> all uh-huh. right so wait so
2: you got all right phil no, collins no, no. So, yeah, ringo star and, and who oh else?
1: sorry four people now
2: i mean basically that there's not much more to the story than that he was just you know in a in a uh, period of heavy drinking and and other substance use and he had sobered up uh and realized wow i this album sounds terrible in my judgment i don't want it released um, so what happened he tried to work it out basically he tried to offer him can I just pay you not to release this album? And the guy said, no, I want to release this album. It's a Ringo Starr album. And so he had to take him to court. The album is actually not that hard to find. I mean, there's a bootleg released of several of the tracks on there. It's if you look for like the Memphis album or sometimes called the Memphis Sessions. So if you're a Ringo Starr completist, yeah, you'll you'll have (laughs) probably a copy of this bootleg in your collection somewhere. But yeah, he he definitely- Is it that terrible or- He felt it sounded terrible. He also did not do a lot of drumming, you know, maybe ironically on, on the album. Uh, yeah, he just—he was embarrassed by it. He said he just, okay. you know, did not want it released.
1: Hey, yeah, yeah that's yeah. Hey,
2: okay. Yeah. All right. Last question. Here we go. We, we love—we love good advertising, uh, especially good slogans. Here, <clears throat> what product introduced in 1931 was advertised with the tagline, "It gives forth noises that can be better imagined than described." it's a great it's a great line it's a great line can you repeat the line again i will and keep in mind what what what's the theme of the quiz here all right Mm -hmm. in 1931 this product was advertised in catalog with the line it gives forth noises that can be better imagined than described ha i'm confident okay i like it i love confidence all right karen has written whoopee cushion chris has written whoopee cushion you both have it it is indeed the whoopie yeah. cushion 1931 on the market uh karen yes you have a question quick
1: question yes mm. i spelled it like whoopee pie p-i-e uh. and then chris has p-e-e is it i-e or e-e uh, I, it's
2: i'm so glad you asked um colloquially they are both acceptable although okay. the 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 product name is with uh e-e the, the official Wikipedia uh, entry on whoopee cushion is <clears throat> Wikipedia voice. A whoopee cushion is a practical joke device involving flatulence humor, which produces a noise resembling human flatulence. It has also <laughs> been referred to as a farting bag, hooting cushion, windy blaster. And raspberry (laughs) cushion. I have never called it any of those things. I've
1: never heard of it.
2: Yeah. (laughs) I mean, just to be clear, the concept of an inflatable (laughs) device that someone sits on and makes a fart sound is in in fact, many, many, many hundreds of years old, like animal (laughs) bladders, you know, there, there are many tales of yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, people love fart jokes, right? Um, but so the official whoopee cushion, yeah, it was invented in, in 1930 by the uh Gem Rubber Company of Toronto. Good proud Canadian, Canadian invention. They knew they had a hit on their hands, so they're like, "All right, let's let's take this, <laughs> let's take this to the largest novelty, you know, mm. kind of joke puzzle producer uh at the time and see if they'll sell it." That was the SS Adams Company. Um they they took it. They said, "We've got Call it the whoopee cushion. You sit on it, makes a fart sound. What do you think? And uh, the the owner of the company Samuel Sorensen Adams said, "No, nah, I don't want to sell that." <gasps> he, he said he he called it uh, indelicate. He he thought it was too rude, so he passed. So the gem rubber uh, <laughs> salespeople, they're like, "No, nope, we believe in it." So they ended up going to you guys could probably guess the. Johnson Smith catalog and that was basically who turned the whoopee cushion into you know the success that it uh, became. Uh seeing the success of the whoopee cushion, uh SS Adams company is like oh, oh we missed on this one and they introduced the competitor the raspberry cushion.
1: Oh my so, gosh.
2: Yes. All right. Well, good job. Um a Got little it. bit of embarrassment from all corners of the world. Uh you guys uh, you guys did well.
1: So I've shared a lot of embarrassing moments in my life on the show, (laughs) 11 (laughs) years on the show. I've done a lot of embarrassing things on air even, but I'm going to take this moment and share with you like the most vivid memory I have around a truly personal embarrassing moment. So let me set the stage. I was in sixth grade. It was 1994. It was like social studies history class. And we had to do a group presentation on a project. So I have to stress that there are three other people on my team. They were like super cool. Not popular cool. They're like cool, cool. (laughs) Aloof, rebel cool. So like a part of me felt like I was cool by association. It's our turn to go up uh, in front of the class to give this group presentation. I thought it was so cool. I was wearing my like Stussy t-shirt. I was wearing my Janko skater (laughs) jeans. I had like a flannel, LL Bean flannel, like wrapped around my waist, peak 90s. I was like, oh, man. (laughs) It's also important to note that I was uh, getting over a cold, a a pretty bad cold. So my face and my head was completely congested, congested with mucus. Uh, Let me just be (laughs) a little bit more descriptive. Um, And so it was uh, my turn to talk. And like, sure, I sounded like nasally than than I was and that's okay, whatever, like people get sick all the time. But I was in the middle of a sentence and I had to sneeze and I didn't have enough time to like cover my face. Oh no. And, And so my sneeze came out, the air that came out of my nose created and inflated this giant comical snot bubble oh, out no. of one of my nostrils it was like the size of a large grapefruit like you know, like blowing bubble gum <laughs> yeah. it's not like a, a dangling snot it is an inflated orb uh, 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 in front of my whole class of adolescents you know we were like what 12 through teens now so the worst part isn't the fact that there's an inflated snot balloon in front of my face it was that this this yellow snot balloon had to pop right it had to go somewhere (laughs) so it (laughs) popped and now it's it's all over my face it's like splash on my clothes (sighs) and like I had to like quickly improvise and I had to untie my cool flannel shirt and I had to wipe my face in front of everybody and I ran out of the classroom and like, <laughs> this is where my memory blacked out. Like, <laughs> you just dissociated. Yes, I think I did. I remember there was roaring laughter, but there was also like, oh, you know, like shocked. <laughs> so the reason why I'm telling this story is because sometimes when me myself, when I'm least expecting it, if I'm walking the dog or I'm eating cereal this memory will pop into my mind out of nowhere, Uh unprompted, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. unrelated to anything I'm thinking, doing, saying, Uh and it's like a surprise. (laughs) And not only will I think about reliving this memory, I will start feeling all the feelings I felt when I was 12, this phenomenon. And I'm sure, I mean, this probably happens to you guys too. Maybe it's like a awkward, like conversation you're reliving or, or something. Yep. This phenomenon is very normal. Everyone experiences this and it's called an involuntary memory. Uh... You go about your day and boom, like cringe memory from the past haunts you and you start feeling th- the same feelings. So your brain retains the information about this memory. What I was wearing, who you know, what is what was I doing? What was I talking about? All of this information. But it also retains all the emotions that you felt. Back then as well. Author Melissa Dahl, who wrote an entire book called Cringeworthy, uh, she calls the involuntary memory a cringe attack. Mm, That's a good name for it. Yeah, a cringe attack. I sometimes can feel it starting, and I'm telling my brain, like, no, 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 no. don't think about it, don't think about it, no, 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 no. don't think about it, like trying Uh. to deny it. Another explanation of why this might happen is because It may be your emotions are so strong that your emotions may dictate what your brain decides to hang on to. Okay, Mm
2: -hmm. yeah, yeah.
1: So the stronger the feeling, the more visceral and, you know, the memory is in your head. For your brain senses a strong wave of emotions. It was like, holy crap, what was that? Mm. We got to document and record this.
0: Right, right, right.
1: If this happens to you, you're certainly not alone. Very common phenomenon. Best ways to deal with it is just to ride the wave, man. Just let it happen.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Some say it's... like
1: the embarrassing feelings lessen over time because you, you become like more accepting of yourself.
2: Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I it's funny. Like, I, I definitely for for moments that I retrieve of like extreme embarrassment or for things that were extremely embarrassing at the time. It's funny, like I, I as like you say, I do have very clear memory of the details around me. Yeah. like like I'll share, Karen, you're always so brave sharing these stories, <laughs> which uh, I, I, I you know I appreciate I'll share one too. I think I was in seventh grade and it was like gym class, and it was one of those gym classes where for some reason it was like an assembly. I don't know, like we were all together in the gym. Maybe it was a rainy day. We were all sitting on the floor and uh, I farted. And it was like, it was one of those where I was like, ah, no one's going to hear this. And it was like, I was sitting on the wood floor in the gym. <laughs> Even at the time I was like, wow, that's pretty loud. And I was like, and then I look around and of course, like everybody heard it. And it was like, it was, it was very clear as me. And like, people started laughing and then teachers like, ah, I settled down. But like, I remember what I was wearing. I remember what yeah. every, uh, just like the, what the, what the gym looked like. I can just picture like the the, sequence the, the, of the,
1: events. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Just in very clear detail, like the, the couple minutes before, the couple minutes after. The rest of that day, it, it, total blur. But yeah, those those moments, it was just ingrained. I'm less and less embarrassed about it each time I think about it over the years. Mm-hmm.
1: All right, let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back.
2: Are you looking for a podcast that your whole family can enjoy that asks the deep philosophical questions like, do trees fart?
0: Good job, brain. Smooth puzzles. Smart trivia. Good job, brain.
1: This week on Good Job Brain, we're sharing trivia and facts about being embarrassed.
0: If you've been listening to Good Job Brain for a while, you know I've done a lot of quizzes about uh, awards shows, like the Oscars and the Grammys and Emmys and stuff like that. They, first of all, they tend to just sort of generate yes, a lot of yes, trivia. Sure. Um, they tend to come up a lot, and uh, they also, you know, they they tend to generate a lot of cringy, <laughs> awkward moments um, for for other people, not me. They're, you know, they're 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 unscripted. You know, people are probably drinking, you know, they're live. You never know what could go wrong. So, you know, I was thinking about this actually recently because the the Grammy Awards just took place. The Grammy Awards, they had the first ever Grammy Award that was specifically the category for video game music. Oh, And so a lot of people were paying attention to that. And um, it went to the game Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Hmm and um the presenter oh, of the yes. award a comedian named uh, Randy Rainbow yes it became a sort of a viral uh, twitter moment because the the video of him he presenting the award he opened up the card and he clearly was just he, you can see him looking at the name and it's just not registering for him at all as three words that even like how those words even go together i mean it says it says it says something about Video games still have a little ways to go, you know what I mean? Before you can truly call them mainstream cultural. But you can see in his Man. eyes just the deer in the headlights look, and he opened and he knows he has to go. So it's Assassin's Creed Valhalla, and he opens the card, and he's like, The winner is Assassin's Creed Valhalla. <laughs> So um but also, I mean, it's just funny that he thought the name of the game was Assassin's Colon yeah, yeah. Creed Valaha, <laughs> like somebody's name, you know, like it it's like he it just it's not even but anyway, I mean, so I'm sorry. Um here is sorry, Randy. There here's here's ten uh additional uh famously awkward, embarrassing moments that took place you know, in full view of the entire world live at televised award show and again if you feel embarrassed for any of these people if you feel embarrassed for randy rainbow just i just remember these people all have buttloads of money (laughs) (laughs) they're fine that's true every when you ever whenever they have those those uh those cringe eruptions you know just think about all their cash um so here we go get your barnyard buzzers ready it's a 10 question quiz of your trivial knowledge about embarrassing moments here we go Question one. At the 2009 MTV Video Music Awards, one Kanye West famously interrupted Taylor Swift's acceptance speech mm-hmm. to proclaim that, in fact, Beyonce's Single Ladies was one of the best videos of all time. But what was the Taylor Swift video that actually won that award?
2: Wow. Oh what year what year uh, 2009 2009 starting
0: off with what turns out to be a tough one and you know kanye wow this is hard maybe kanye went about it the wrong way but maybe his heart was in the right place because everybody <laughs> remembers single ladies but That's nobody, nobody right. remembers <laughs> right. what right. the taylor swift video was that actually won the award i'm gonna tell you it, it, the title of the song is You Belong With Me. You Belong With Me was the Taylor Swift song. Oh,
2: wow. Video. Not won, in my uh, Bowl. Best
0: female video. Yes, in 2009. Yet not single ladies.
2: All right. <laughs>
0: Question number two. At the 2013 Oscars, this actress was accepting the award for best actress when she famously... Tripped going up the stairs. Oh. oh, Karen Jennifer Lawrence. It was Jennifer Lawrence. Jennifer yes, Lawrence tripped right. stairs yeah. going to accept her her award. Or, I mean, you know, but so relatable. Yeah. You know, we can blame lag. You know, whatever you want to, whatever you want to blame it on. I guess. <laughs> lag. Um, it's funnily enough, at the 2014 Oscars, the next year, Jennifer Lawrence uh, tripped again. <laughs> This time on the red carpet took a big red carpet spill. Oh, but fortunately for her, uh, this was erased um, by the real most embarrassing moment of the 2014 Oscars, and that was when uh, John Travolta, oh my God. introducing a performance of the song Let It Go, introduced singer Idina Menzel by this name.
2: Oh, <sighs> what was it, Colin? Uh, I that was. Adele Dazeem. Yes, I yes, that's <laughs> it. That's it. Adele Dazeem. Adele
0: Dazeem.
2: Right. Uh, that's right. Wow. Has it been that yeah, long it's, already? Wow. 20,
0: yeah. In a while. Uh, yeah. It's uh, almost. Uh, it's. It's been nine years since uh, since that happened. We'll move on to question number four. Back to let's go back to the nineteen eighty four Oscars where they okay. where they were performing. Uh, one of the nominated songs the theme from ghostbusters uh this was a <laughs> this turned out to be an incredibly embarrassing uh performance a bizarre spectacle with okay. dancers, dancers in blue satin ghostbuster outfits other dancers shrieking on stage <laughs> and wearing ghost outfits and meanwhile the whole time this singer was awkwardly suspended above the stage in the cab of a forklift <laughs> Karen
1: Ray Parker Jr. Ray
0: Parker Jr. <laughs> I got it. Look Ray yeah. Parker Jr. No, go for wow. it. Go for it. Yeah, I do
2: not remember this.
0: Ghostbusters Oscars. Ray Parker Jr. They got a fort. It's like a New York City sort of staging, but there's <laughs> dancers in ridiculous costumes. The Ghostbusters. Oh my gosh. The dancers representing the Ghostbusters have like machine guns that like 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 silver painted assault rifle toys that they're running around. (laughs) Wow. There's weird, you know, flowy, like humanoid ghost costume dancers. And then Ray Parker is in a forklift that's been raised like up and he's singing, you know, the the Ghostbuster (laughs) song while seated kind of awkwardly turned around in the in the forklift.
1: But he won. He won best original song that oh, year. I was just gonna ask. It all was right. all worth it.
0: It was. It was worth it. Took home that Oscar, but probably nothing as far as embarrassing moments can top the 2017 Oscars, and that was the Oscars at the end of which the best picture winner was originally announced to be oh, La La Land. Geez. But it turned out in the middle of that celebration that the best picture winner was in fact this film, directed by Barry Jenkins. Karen Moonlight. It is Moonlight. Moonlight.
1: And who were the presenters who uh, made the flub? It was Warren Beatty and Faye Dunaway. Oh,
0: my gosh. Uh, So the wacky mix up uh, at the end of the 2017 Oscars with the wrong winner was announced was so awkward that at least it distracted people from the thing that happened all throughout the night earlier. Which is the fact that um, this veteran uh, actress was seen clapping in an extremely weird way all night. And she later said it was to avoid uh, damaging the rings that she was wearing, which were not hers.
1: Oh, interesting. Oh, gosh. Yeah, Karen's doing it. Karen's doing it. Who was who doing was the claps? Imagine
0: clapping oh, with your palms in such a way that your fingers never touch because they're bent so far back. And she's doing, <laughs> she was doing this all night. People were like,
1: uh, it's a Hercules. Yeah. Hercules. 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 Yeah.
0: Why was is, it
1: Jane Fonda?
0: It was not Jane Fonda. Okay,
2: okay, okay. No, but it was it was wow. somebody big. It was somebody big. Oh yeah.
0: Yes. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. Uh, man. Yep. Uh I'm gonna be so angry when you say this answer. Who was and it? And she has
0: she has wonderful, like very long fingers as well. So when you when you go back and, and you look <laughs> at it, they they're just massive in the way that they sort of arch away from her hands. Uh, it was Nicole Kidman.
1: Nicole oh. oh. Kidman's
0: weird clapping was um, a whole thing for a, a couple of days. There. Here's something that's maybe a little less funny. Uh, at the 2013 MTV Movie Awards. Uh, this actress ended up getting herself kicked out of the 2013 MTV Movie Awards after she uh, got up on stage and attempted to yank the statuette out of Will Ferrell's hands uh, during his acceptance for the Comedic <laughs> Genius Award. This actress had uh, also written across her chest at the time, hashtag the to-do list. If that gives you any hint as to who that might be. Karen
1: is it aubrey plaza it was aubrey plaza <laughs> yes. that was her movie who was starring the in the time. film that wow. year the to-do
0: list wow. uh, apparently she had one too many and decided to do something that maybe she thought was going to be funny like she yeah get up on stage and try to take the award from will Ferrell, but like she didn't really go anywhere with it and he was very confused and
2: <laughs> there's that moment where you're like it's a bit or oh no yeah it's like i don't yeah. know where we're going with this yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah.
0: You know, again, it's it's hard to say whether some of these things are embarrassing or whether the person owns them so much that um they're <laughs> you know they're not embarrassed. In fact, they're proud of themselves. But I will say that at the at the 2008 MTV Latin America Awards, okay, the 2008 okay. MTV Latin America Awards, uh, singer Katy Perry dove into a giant cake and then became so covered in icing <laughs> that she was unable to stand. <laughs> And eventually ended up having to crawl off the stage after her performance of this song, uh, her debut single.
1: Her debut single.
0: Yes. Again, very roundabout way of simply asking (laughs) what was Katy Perry's debut single. Karen.
1: I kissed a girl and I liked it. I
0: kissed a girl. Oh, right, right.
1: I'm going to
2: have to dig this up. I'm going to have to watch this.
0: With like her guitarist tried to help her up, but she just kept... (laughs) comedically oh, no. banana peeling onto the floor and finally oh, dim- and just
2: dim- dim- crawled away yeah this this type of fail is ju- i don't know i can't i can't explain it but it ju- it makes me crack up so like watching yes. like or like people trying to like mascots like on ice or something ice. like that ice. yeah like, i just i i, I just yep. I could watch it for an hour. Yeah. I don't think she quite
0: knew. At, because how would you know what the interaction? is? <laughs> yeah.
1: And it's like stage frosting. You know, it's probably not like actual edible frosting. It's like probably made out of like glycerin. And it's like super slippery. Yes. Stage yes. frosting. I don't know why that's stage so funny <laughs> oh, They should have used stage, frosting. Use stage <laughs> frosting. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs>
0: Two more. Question nine. The... The host he wishes he could blame this one on stage frosting the the this host of the uh, Miss Universe pageant in 2015 famously just read the card wrong and called out the oh, wrong oh. winner.
2: I love this. Uh, Colin was this
1: uh, Steve Harvey? Was Steve Harvey. <laughs> <laughs> it was Colombia and the Philippines. Yes. Who was the winner?
0: I believe it was Miss Philippines. Was the was the athlete. and he
1: said Colombia. Colombia
0: and the cards said Philippines. Like this was not this was not <laughs> it like, wasn't the like Oscars poorly, the poorly poorly laid out cards. Card. Or, okay, all right. right, all right. Yeah. Um, and here's your final question, everybody. This after this uh, this parade of award show embarrassment. Um, this is pretty bad. When this actress won, it's probably bad for her. Like when this actress won. She won the Golden Globe in two thousand for her leading role in the film Nurse Betty. She was in the bathroom leaving oh. uh, leaving presenter Hugh Grant on stage, flustered and not knowing what to do. Oh boy, uh, Karen!
1: How funny that was. Hugh Grant was presenting because they're yeah, right. The the uh, yes, uh, Renee Zellweger. Renee
0: Zellweger, yes, uh, won the Golden Globe for her role for her you know best actress in the film Nurse Betty. She emerged. They were looking for her. Um, Hugh Grant almost <laughs> accepted the award on her behalf, but then she came out of the bathroom, about about a minute, and took the stage, telling everybody that she had gone to clean lipstick off of her teeth. Um, <laughs>
1: not pee yeah. and not no not p,
0: uh but managed to miss her own <laughs> golden globe win doja cat just there. did
1: that for grammys she knew the award was coming up but she had to go pee <laughs> there were so many things
0: putting this quiz together that i i was looking at like i was like okay give me um you know lists of famous you know awkward oscar moments famous awkward grammy moments stuff like that you know embarrassing moments or you know flubs or whatever and there's so many things which is just like someone doing something extremely inappropriate, you know, that's that's not yeah, even yeah, like, yeah. oops, this embarrassing thing happened. And more like somebody like gets up on stage and does something racist, you know, and it's like, that's, <laughs> yeah, no, that's, right. that's not really in the spirit of what we're talking about here.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's just
0: that's just bad life decisions. Yeah.
2: Hey, Matt, did you know that wombats poop cubes? Nope. Never
1: heard that before. All right, last segment. We, we keep saying this word this episode. Um, <laughs> cringe, cringe. <laughs> such a great word. There's such a physical representation. Like you're folding and you're shriveling <laughs> yeah. yourself into like non-existence because you're so embarrassed or, or you feel so embarrassed for someone else, right? There is something kind of, a, a kind of like beautiful, kind of nice about th- the feeling of cringe because uh, here is a quote from psychology professor Roland Miller, who said, it's the ability to feel vicarious embarrassment influenced by our ability to empathize with others.
2: So yeah. sure, sometimes
1: you're cringing out of disgust, but it also can be like compassionate for understanding how awful yeah. that feeling could be that someone else is going through. Totally. Right. So writers have completely harnessed that fascination with cringe, and it has found its way into our TV shows,
0: mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: specifically our uh, TV comedies. And this is this whole genre is called cringe comedy. Mm. Like the humor is in the awkward, like feeling that awkward situation. And the main characters are mostly kind of out of touch, uh, they're mostly self absorbed people uh, going about their day breaking what they say like social boundaries or social norms like normal behavior and probably the two most famous i would say delivery people of cringe comedy are larry david yep and across the pond ricky gervais Uh, yep so here i have a quiz about signature hallmark cringe comedies all right this will be a write down quiz Mm. so get your pens and paper ready I, for one, cannot stomach awkward comedy. (laughs) I can't do it. It's not my thing. But here we go. Question number one. Comedian and actor Sasha Baron Cohen got his big break in the year 2000 in the UK satire news program, The Ali G Show, where he interviewed unsuspecting prominent figures and celebrities playing as the, uh, I would say, clueless, young, street, poser kind of guy, Ali G. And also, what two other characters? Mm. Yes, before he became a household name, Sasha Baron Cohen and his characters debuted on, on his own show in the UK. All right, answers up, please. Chris says... Borat and Bruno. Colin says Borat and Bruno. Correct. And those became feature films. They did. One had a sequel. Mm. Yeah. Number two, The Office. We talked about The Office. The Office. Big mockumentary cringe hit for NBC based on Ricky Gervais's uh, UK show on BBC. Both versions of The Office managed to capture the quirkiness and awkwardness of Office life. And both helmed by cringe bosses. So tell me. What are the names of both the U.S. boss character and the U.K. boss character? One played famously by Steve Carell and the other played by Ricky Gervais. There's one moment in that show where they actually did uh, cross paths very Mm. quickly at an elevator. Oh, that's
2: right. That's right. (laughs) Okay.
1: All right. Answers up. Chris put Michael Scott, Colin put Michael Scott and David Brent. Correct. Number three. Speaking of Ricky Gervais, he has created, directed, and acted in several of his own creations, all based on capturing cringe. Other than The Office, he has done the show Extras. Um, He made uh, Idiot Abroad. And also a mockumentary show called Life's Too Short. Starring what British actor that serves as the inspiration of the show's title? Oh, 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 oh. This British actor plays himself in its, his day-to-day life huh. as an actor in the entertainment industry. Life's Too Short. Starring what British actor that serves as the inspiration of the show's title?
0: Mm. I think I know this. We shall All see. Right. I don't really have anything.
1: Answers up. Chris Scott, nothing. Nothing, Colin. Warwick Davis. Colin, you are correct. Oh, wow. The show star is Warwick Davis of Willow fame, Mm. of Star Wars fame, of Harry Potter fame. And I believe that Warwick Davis
2: started, or I don't know if he still runs a, a casting agency or basically a representation agency for actors who are little people.
1: Yeah. And his daughter is in the new Willow show. His Mm, own daughter plays his daughter. Um, All right, number four, Julia Louis Dreyfus stars in HBO's political cringe comedy Veep, playing the likably unlikable character of Vice President (laughs) Selena Meyer. Meyer, Selena Meyer. Julia Louis Dreyfus has won the TV award, Emmy award for Outstanding Lead Actress in a Comedy Series seven times. Besides Veep, what other shows has she won the award for? Mm-hmm. Two other shows besides Veep. Oh, what what? <laughs> lead actress
0: in a lead comedy. actress in a comedy series. Oh, what's the other show? Like she did one, of, after- one of
2: these. One of these is a deep cut, and I I, I got a good guess,
0: and it was
1: uh, <laughs> answers up. Chris, Colin both put Seinfeld, Colin. Oh, my gosh. The new adventures of old Christine. Correct. <sighs> oh Oh, wow. Yeah. Colin
0: really knows his, his cringe comedy. I, uh,
2: that one was locked in uh, in my memory banks at one point. I love her. She, yes. she is absolutely one of my favorite actors. She's great.
1: Here we go. Question number five, a little bit more recent, a little bit more edgy. The show I Think You Should Leave with Tim Robinson has become a cult Netflix hit and a source of uh, a lot of memes and gifs. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah,
1: Uh Starring Tim Robinson, who before this got his break writing and acting in what landmark comedy show for two years? Oh, mm. A bit more recent, I think you should leave with Tim Robinson, has become a cult Netflix hit and a source of a lot of internet memes. Uh, stars Tim Robinson, of course, who before this got his break writing and acting in what show? Hmm. Landmark comedy series for two years. Hmm.
0: Writing and acting in.
1: Answers up.
0: Oh, I don't know. I have Nothing.
1: Colin put SNL correct. Oh, oh, he was okay. on Saturday Night Live. Okay, last question. Amazon Prime has also scored their own cringe hit with what show that was originally a one-woman play of the same name? Ah. Uh. Amazon Prime has also scored their own cringe hit, with what show? That was originally, and then adapted uh, from a one-woman play of the same name. Yeah. What do I have? I just want to make sure. Yeah, I got it. so Ali G show, which was UK. We got BBC, NBC, mm-hmm. HBO, Netflix. All right. You're spreading that. Spreading the spreading the love around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah that's it. good. That's good. All right, answers up, please. You got me. This is this wow. is much a post for me. Colin is correct with Fleabag. Wow. Fleabag. Phoebe.
2: Phoebe Waller, Waller Bridge.
1: Bridge. She's gonna be the new Indiana Jones movie. I that's think. right. She's I heard there.
2: that. Yeah. She's got writing credits. Uh, she had. She. She wrote the last James Bond,
1: right? Or co-wrote it. Whoa, that's cool. Well, good job, everybody. And that is our show. Thank you guys for joining me. And thank you guys, listeners, for listening in. Hope you learned uh, stuff about embarrassing award show moments, um, embarrassing sports moments, uh, cringe attacks, and more. You can find us on Apple Pie. Po- oh, and also uh, a dog, a white dog poop. Um, You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and on all podcast apps and on our website, GoodJobBrain.com. This podcast is part of Airwave Media Podcast Network. Visit AirwaveMedia.com to listen and subscribe to other shows like Tumble, the science podcast for kids, Pulse of the Planet, and Redacted History. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye.